Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Welcome once again, those of you connecting with us today in the room and connecting with us online. We're glad that you're with us today. It is a great time to be alive, probably the greatest time to be alive in all of history because stuff is happening. Stuff is, God is on the move, you know? When the enemy, the Bible says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And the Word says, where sin abounds, grace much more, much more abounds. So where God where God is moving, the enemy tries to infiltrate, but God still rises up and his presence wins every time, every time, every time. We're continuing our series today uh, called Giant Killers and Dragon Slayers. Please be one. We want you to be a part of that tribe. That, that, uh, and so today we're going to continue. We've been talking a lot about David. He's one of the main giant killers listed in the Bible, specifically that killed giants. But there's another guy we're going to talk about today named Caleb. I call him Caleb the Conqueror. We're going to get right into the inerrant, the inspired, the infallible word of the living God. Caleb the giant killer has been introduced as the leader of Judah under Moses in Numbers chapter 13. He's one of the 12 to sent to spy out the land and bring a report to verify that what God said is over there, a land flowing with milk and honey, that it's real. And so they're going to corroborate that as a witness for God. Numbers 13, 27, it says, Then they told him and said, When we went to the land where you sent us, it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. And they were carrying these huge grape clusters and all these different fruits and vegetation that was so huge that the people couldn't, they couldn't carry it like in a basket. They had to carry it between the shoulders of four strong men, the Bible says. So they had to carry these, these grape clusters and all these great fruits. So they said, hey, it truly flows. In other words, what God said is true. Amen? Amen? Verse 28 uses a word that sometimes is good, sometimes is bad. And that is this, nevertheless. Nevertheless. In other words, well, we saw something else too. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Anak is, uh, Anak literally means in the, in the ancient language, long necks, the giants. The giants were there. Verse 30, then Caleb, I love this. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. He's an overcomer and a conqueror. Can you say amen? Amen. God told us the truth, they said, but... And Caleb steps in and says, hey, wait a second. Before we talk ourselves out of this, let's do what God said. Let's just obey God. One of the next portions we see in the next chapter, Numbers 14, as you know the story, the people, they trust the 10. They trust the majority the majority there, and so they don't, they say we're not going to conquer the land, and the Bible says that God says, why are these people rejecting me? 
are they rejecting me? And God describes and has a conversation with Moses. God actually says to Moses, hey, why don't you step aside, let me destroy these people, and I'll start over with you and me. And Moses intercedes for the people like he did many, many times and says, no, God, have mercy on the people and give us a chance. And God says, okay. And he describes and, he, and God says, okay, but for what they've done to disobey me, they're going to have to walk around the wilderness for 40 years, one year for every day that they were in the promised land with the spies and disobeyed me and hardened their heart. And he says, but verse 24, Numbers 14, 24, God says, but my servant Caleb, out of three million people, two guys get to go into the promised land. Joshua has a whole book named after him, Moses' successor, and Caleb. And God says, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, a different core attitude, because he has a different way of looking at things and has followed me fully. We'll talk about that in a few moments. God says, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. We don't hear of Caleb much throughout the 40 years. We know he's a leader, the tribe of Judah. But we see him 45 years later after they've conquered some of the cities in the promised land and he shows up in Joshua 14, verse 10. He comes before Joshua to have a conversation about the promise of God 45 years earlier. And he says, and now behold, the Lord has kept me alive as he said these 45 years ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day 85 years old, 85. I had a conversation, I had two conversations this week. One with John Evanzini, who's now 83. One with my dad, who's about to be 82 in a month. And I said, you're not even, I'm studying Caleb. You're, you didn't even reach your peak yet. Because Caleb says this, look at verse 11. As yet, I am as strong this day as on the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him, gave Hebron, to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. And finally, Joshua 15, verse 14. Caleb drove out the three offspring or sons of Anak from there, Sheshai, Ahiman, and Curly. <laughs> See if you're awake. The children of Anak, no, tell them I, and the children of Anak. In other words, Caleb finished the job. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart and let your word dwell in us richly today that we can take hold of your promises and your purposes and become all you've called us to be. Help us to be giant killers of the forces of darkness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Giants represent spiritual strongholds. They represent the things that try to vex you, try to attach itself to your family. We call them hereditary things, generational curses, generational tendencies, whatever you want to call them. Giants represent those strongholds. And here's the point. Whatever you fail to conquer in your life will in fact conquer you and affect others around you. When we said last week that, 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 that when Goliath shows up and says, okay, here's the deal. You choose a man, you choose a champion, we're going to fight, and whoever wins, the, the one is going to serve the other. The, the, the losing army and families will serve the winning army and families. My friends, the point is this, that your, strong, your struggles, the strongholds you deal with in your own life, when you pull those down, it affects everybody around you. It's not just about you. It's about somebody else. It's about your kids and your grandkids and your great-great-grandkids. It's about those in generations. Don't you wish your grandparents maybe would have served the Lord with all their heart and given you a stronger platform? Relationship problems can be strongholds. Addiction, chronic financial lack, lust, sickness and disease, even cancer. Jealousy, anger, bitterness, fear. Fear is a big one. Fear is a big one. Fear tries to run rampant through families and through cultures. Anxiety, even depression. The enemy will knock on the doors of every generation. And I say to you that when you pull down the strongholds, when you pay the price to deal with the giant's in your life, in your land, in your home, in your life, you give the next generation a platform of victory. Doesn't mean, that, doesn't mean there won't be a knock at the door, but you give them a platform of victory from which to stand and not a platform of defeat. Talent can get you in the door to what God wants you to do, but only character can keep you there. Talent can get you in any door, but only character can keep you there. That's why there's so many people that begin strong, have great promise, great potential, great talent, great ability, but they don't finish well. This week we're going to talk about Caleb, one of the most inspiring people in the entire Old Testament. He's born into slavery in Egypt. He's called a Kenizzite, though, which is really interesting. It indicates that Many commentators, many people of the past believe that he was possibly mixed race with a Gentile father and a Jewish mother. But he became, even in spite of that and the way Jewish people looked at people that were mixed race, he was recognized as the tribal leader in Judah and sent with the 12 spies, which was a huge honor that he was chosen by Moses. His name, Caleb has three specific meanings, all very important to what we're talking about today. Caleb means forcible, bold, or dog or dog-like, which is another reason why many commentators think that he was part Gentile, because to the Jewish people, for thousands of years, Gentiles are considered dogs. They would call them dogs. It was the nickname, it was the derogatory nickname for Gentiles. So I submit to you that 
The University of Georgia may need to change its name so it can be politically correct, but that's another old story. They're hurting all of us Gentiles by calling us dogs. God himself described Caleb six times in Scripture. Listen to this. When the Bible says you're once, twice, three times a lady. No, that's a different thing. The Bible says that in the mouths of two or three witnesses, every word shall be what? Established, right? Six times in Scripture, one phrase is used for Caleb, even by God himself. He wholly, fully followed God. I love that because his name meaning forcible, bold, or dog, or dog-like meant to me that he ain't nothing but a hound dog. He got, I'm seeing if you're awake today, come on, flow with me here. (laughs) He, He got on the trail of God. He got the scent of God in his nostrils like a dog. And he followed that trail for a lifetime. Not for 45 minutes, but for 45 plus years. He was consistent and strong. He had staying power. He had longevity. He, was, he got on the trail of God and he stayed on it. And I thought of the Canaanite woman in the New Testament. This woman keeps harassing the disciples and, and trying to get to Jesus. And she said, look, I've got a daughter who's demon-possessed and I need help. And she's a Canaanite woman. And the disciples said, lady, you don't understand. Uh, this is, this, he's, he's, he's the king of the Jews. He's got nothing for you. And then they bring her to Jesus. Or she kind of fights her way through the crowd. Presses into Jesus anyway. And she says, Jesus, please help me. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. I, I, if you don't help me, I don't know what to do. And Jesus himself in Matthew 15, look what it says, <clears throat> verse 26. But Jesus answered this woman and said, look, it's not good to take the children's bread, the, the benefits of being Jewish or part of God's family, and throw it to the little dogs. In other words, Jesus said, you're Gentile. What you're asking for belongs to the Jewish people. And she said, this is brilliant. This is awesome. This is powerful. She's like Caleb. She's got that that dogged faith. She says, yes, Lord, but even the little dogs get to eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Jesus answered and said to her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. That's all he said. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. He didn't have to go to her house. He didn't have to lay hands on her. He didn't have to give her 10 prophecies and send three angels. He said, okay, it's done. Doesn't matter if you're Jewish, you you got it. You got it. You only need a crumb. Here's the crumb. So be it according to your desire. And her daughter was set free from demonic power that very hour. My friends, 
Sometimes faith doesn't look like what we think it looks like. There has to be dogged determination. I love the word doggedness or dog-like faith or bulldog faith. I hate to use Georgia again, but you know, bulldog faith. Listen, it's been said the bulldog's nose is slanted backwards so he can breathe while he's hanging on to your pants. Bulldog faith. Giant killers, my friends, have a different spirit. That's what God said about this giant killer. They have a different spirit. Now, that doesn't mean, he's not talking about a different spirit than the Holy Spirit. He's talking about a different attitude, a different core value, a different mindset, a different way of looking at the world. This guy has a forceful attitude that gives him the will to go against popular opinion. A different spirit. He's willing to be different. Are you hearing me? He's, a, he's got a different spirit. He's not afraid to stand out in the crowd. He's not afraid of popular opinion. I want to ask you a question today. Are you willing to stand out and be different from the crowd, or are you just trying to blend in for your whole life? I said something out of my heart on Wednesday night. I hope you got to see it. If you didn't, it was on Facebook Live. You can still find it somewhere on our page. It came out of my spirit because people have, you know, I've been having people ask me, you know, Pastor, so what do you think about issues of the day? What do you think about the moral issues of the day? You know, we, we did the whole series last year, last September of 2019 called The Elephant in the Room. And we addressed them, the issues of the day. We addressed, everybody wants to know, what do you think about transgender? What do you think about homosexuality? What do you think about this? And, and it came out of my spirit on Wednesday night, just in our conversation with me and my wife. And you know what the reality is? When somebody asks your opinion, what do you think? What you think and what I think doesn't matter. The only thing that counts is what God thinks. And what he thinks is in his word. And he's not changing it. But he loved the world so much he sent his only son to die for all sin. But we get all hung up in our culture right now and we're getting locked down, locked up. We're getting all stuck in all these things of different opinions. That's not Caleb. Giant killers are God seekers more than man pleasers. I'll say that again. There used to be a song years ago, a Christian song. I want to be a God seeker. I don't want to be a man pleaser. There are moments where you have to, you, you, where those things don't intersect. Are you going to be a God seeker? Or are you going to be a man pleaser? And that song was before social media was even on the earth. Think about Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Mo. When faced with the choice of obeying the law to bow down and worship a golden image or be thrown to a certain death into a fiery furnace, they stood before the king Nebuchadnezzar and said, our God is able to deliver us and he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we won't bow to worship any other image or any other God because we care about what God thinks more than what the king thinks. This made Nebuchadnezzar, the Bible says, so furious, he became enraged. 
and he ordered his guards to, to heat up the furnace seven times hotter than it had ever been. And as they get down there, the Bible says that the guards, it's so hot, the guards that are trying to put them in are consumed and drop dead because of the heat just getting in. Now, one of my questions has always been, if that's the case, then why did these three guys just step in by themselves? There's nobody to enforce it. The guards are falling down. But they voluntarily stepped into a fiery furnace seven times hotter than ever been heated before. And the Bible says Nebuchadnezzar looked in and said, didn't we put three men in there? He says, I see four men walking around in the fire. And I know those three guys, but the fourth one looks like the son of God. My friend, the promise of God is not that you and I will never go through fire. The promise is when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Neither shall it even singe your clothes or your hair. The promise of God is not that you won't be overwhelmed with water and floods. It says in the word in Isaiah 43, though you walk through the waters, you won't drown because I'll be with you. My friends, Caleb knew the presence of God to be with him. By the way, the law got changed in Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. He got those three men out of that furnace and issued a new rule, a new law throughout the land. We're gonna honor Jehovah God because there is no God who can deliver like their God, like this God. And I tell you, he's still alive today and he can set you free and he can work in your life and he can change your family, change your trajectory. The God who delivered them can deliver you. The God, the fourth man will be in the fire when you're there. Will you keep walking around or will you lay down and die? Where are the courageous God seekers of our generation? I've never seen a real giant killer in my life, and I mean metaphorically, not literally, but a metaphoric. I've never seen a real giant killer that compromised his convictions for likes. It's a good place to take a drink. As you think about that for a minute. Anybody seen the um, Netflix documentary, Social Dilemma? If you haven't seen it, you better watch it. If you haven't seen Social Dilemma, it's an hour and a half, it'll, it, it'll bother you, but in the, in, a, in the right way. Social Dilemma, um, really interesting. People that helped invent Google and Yahoo and all of the Silicon Valley stuff today that quit because they saw some of the things on the inside destroying them. Social dilemma. Watch it, please. When the 12 spies returned from the promised land, 10 gave a bad report, which is another reason why now church will never have committees. Just a little hint there. Two stood for God, including Caleb. He's the one that quieted the people. 
And he said, let's go up now for we are well able. I want to ask you a question. Right now, are you looking at the size of the promise, the size of the obstacles, or the size of the God who sent you in the first place? Because the Bible says that the majority started saying, you should have seen these giants. They were so big and the cities were so huge and fortified. We, when we looked at them, we compared ourselves and we looked like grasshoppers compared to them. And the Bible teaches this principle that the way you see yourself is the way others will actually begin to see you, which is why your identity in Christ is so important. Because if you don't settle that issue, you're gonna continually look at the wrong thing the wrong way. Giants look big and act tough, but they are ants compared to the size of your God. And it is Christ in you that is the hope of glory. God can heal anything. <clears throat> he can set you free. He can heal your marriage no matter what's happened. He can heal your family no matter, no matter what's going on. He can bring healing from those wounds and that bitterness and all the anger that's there. Those giants have to come down, but somebody's got to get the stone ready to sling and hit them. Giant killers have staying power. As I said earlier about Caleb, they're built to last. They have endurance. Listen, my friends, anybody can be a flash in the pan. Anybody can, can look like real popular and real strong and real exciting. Uh, anybody can be the flavor of the day, the flavor of the month. We watched fireworks back when we used to have them on the 4th of July. Firework goes up and everybody goes, ah, and then it goes, and you go, and then it's over and it's gone. I don't want to be a firework. I want to be the bomb. I want to be the firework. I want to be, I want to be, I want to be long-lasting. I want to be durable. When we start, listen, when we started in 1990, the three most popular churches in America that we thought, oh man, fantastic. Boy, that great church in Rockwall, Texas with the pastor that prays. He's leading the country in prayer. I won't mention his name. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And you, if, you don't, if you weren't around then in the body of Christ, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You know why? And he was as big as any famous preacher in the country for a few years, the end of the 80s and early 90s. The three biggest churches when we started in 1990 do not exist today and did not make it through the 90s. I'd rather be us. I'd rather be us 30 years later, still going forward, despite all the oppositions and all the lies and all the attacks of, the, of darkness. Both Caleb and King David, the giant killers in the Bible, lived long and productive lives. Remember, the moment you believe your best days are behind you is the moment you get old. Caleb wouldn't do that. So how do giant killers do it for a lifetime? Here we go. How do giant killers make it through a lifetime, and still bring down the giants at the end? Here it is. A couple more things and we're done. Focus on the reward instead of the battle. Focus on the reward instead of the battle. Can I tell you one of the greatest things that we hardly uh, really consider in our day is eternity? 
the reward at the end of all this. The Bible says, I, I love Pastor Chris's devotional the other day, leaving a house that he just sold, that he flipped, fixed up, sold, and now moving into a new place. He was in the old place while it was empty, kind of emotional, looking around all of his work and all the way, the way the thing had been trashed when he walked in and now it's like brand new inside and he's leaving it. He said, you know, the reality of this life is it's only temporary. Heaven is our home. We're just strangers and sojourners, the Bible says, while we're here. We're making the best of it, but it's not even to be our focus. Focus on the reward. When King David, before he was king, when he went to the front line of the Philistines' battle and overheard the conversation about Goliath and what would be done for the man who defeated Goliath, the Bible says three times that there's this same speech in 1 Samuel chapter 17. The same thing is, so David, over here's a conversation. What's going to happen to the man, to the person who brings down this giant? And they said, well, here's the deal. The victor will, will be given great wealth. He'll get to the marry the king's daughter. And he and his entire family line will be tax exempt forever. No more IRS forms. And David overhears that. And the Bible says that David then stepped up and said, What did you say? What's the reward? And they went through it again. Same speech. You can look at it. 1 Samuel 17. Three times. Now the two or three witnesses. Every word is established. David says, then, then his older brother Eliab sees him. And the Bible says his oldest brother is enraged. He's so jealous. Isn't that sad? His own brother is jealous because he's the one that looked good, but he had the heart of a chicken, not the heart of a lion. And he says, I know why you came down here, little David. You came down here, and if you look at it, he gives them a real slam here, like, like brothers and sisters do, you know. He goes, uh, he goes uh, you, you left those few sheep of dads to come down here. Few sheep of dads. That's his little slam. And David said, why are you, why you messing with me, bro? Why are, you, why are you talking trash with me? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause here? Isn't there a reason for me to be here? And he turns and says, he's already heard it twice. And he turns and says to somebody, tell me what shall be done for the man who brings that giant down? And they go through the whole thing. You're going to be, the person will be wealthy. They get to marry the king's daughter. And, 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 and they get to be tax exempt for life with the whole family. And David said, what does she look like? No, that's not what he said. That's, that's, that was... I just, that was just, he should, he should have known, he should have known when he found out her, she had a boy's name. Her name was Michael. But anyway, that's a different thing. <clears throat> she turned out to be a real pain in the neck, I'll tell you that. Giant killers keep their goals in mind. They focus on the reward. David focused on the reward. He asked, he already, he heard it. Then he asked again. And then he confirmed it a third time. What's going to be done? And when he gets that confirmation, you've got to understand, he is preparing himself for battle by saying, wow, the reward. He uses it later on in taking the impenetrable city of Jerusalem when he tells his mighty men, whoever 
gets through the enemy line and gets up through these water shafts into that city, a mountain city. I will give this and this and this and this. You know what the Bible says? That he that comes to God must believe two things. Number one, that he is God. Number two, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's not enough to believe that God is God. You also have to believe in his love, in his favor, in his reward, in his promises. Amen? Caleb held his promise of Hebron in his heart for 45 years, then showed up at Joshua's office asking for permission. Permission. Most 85-year-olds just say what they want to say, and they don't care. But remember I said a couple of weeks ago, giant killers are submitted, they're yielded to spiritual authority. I read this quote after I already preached that two weeks ago. Listen to this, Jensen Franklin said this, if you can't get under the spiritual authority God put over you, you'll never get over what God's put under you. Somebody needs to write that down. I wish I'd have said it, Jensen Franklin. Let me read it again. If you can't get under the spiritual authority, Teenagers, if you can't listen to your parents, if you can't submit to your teachers, adults, if you can't submit to one another in the fear of the Lord, yield to your bosses, your spiritual leaders, if you're rebellious, if you can't get under the spiritual authority God put over you, you'll never get over what God's put under you. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And on this, at this moment, Caleb at 85 says, now, give me this mountain. Give me that promise. I want to go, I want the land right where those giants live. I'm not here to ask for the easy ground just because I'm 85. He, he didn't, obviously didn't, he didn't come you know, walking in. There's nothing wrong with, with aging, but you don't have to get old. I love the older people of now church because you have Caleb hearts. You're ready to fight. You're ready to take your promise. And you're not going to leave this world just in a whimper. You're going to go out with victory. You're going to go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Give me this mountain, he said. We are still well able to take our promised land even 45 years later. I'm sure Caleb had learned a lot in 45 years, 45 years of leadership. I'm sure he's seen everything. But my friend, the takeaway is Caleb was a conqueror, and I believe you're a conqueror too. I love this promise. Romans 8, 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Everybody say, in all these things. Say it again, in all these things. What things? Everything. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It's one thing to be a conqueror. Think about him more than a conqueror. I'll close with this. Remember the Rocky movies? Listen, 
I don't know what your age is, but if you've never seen a Rocky movie, you need to go more than social dilemma. You need to see Rocky. One, two, three, four, five. Creed. You need to see Rocky movies. There we go, see? Oh, I love that. There you go, he's figuring it out. Can you play Gonna Fly now? That's a great song. Or Eye of the Tiger. <clears throat> Understand this. What's the definition of more than a conqueror? Rocky is in the ring and he is battling, man. In every one of those movies, his face looks like meat. He is beaten up, his eyes swollen shut. In, the, in a couple of them, he says, cut me, Mick. In other words, cut my eyelids so I can see because my eyelids are swollen shut. And he fights and he fights and he fights, but at the end of every fight, what does he yell? Yo, Adrian. Why? Because in all the battles, he shows up at home with the paycheck and gives it to his wife. Rocky is a conqueror. Adrian is more than a conqueror. You and I, we get the benefits of what Jesus has done to pay the price, to fight the fight of faith. Jesus is our conqueror. He's our champion. But through him, you and I are more than conquerors. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. Holy Spirit, will you move in this place to bring freedom, to bring healing, to bring deliverance. Father, we take authority in every home right now, wherever people are watching in their kitchen, or people watching in their living room or in their bedroom, somebody watching from their bed can't get out of bed right now. Father, we release life to them. We speak life to you. We release the power of God in your home and your heart. Father, in this place, help us to be all you've called us to be. To live for you with everything that's inside of us. If you're here today, and you've been less, living less than a conquering life. Maybe you've been settling or just trying to eke out an existence, just trying, to, just trying to get through another day. I understand those days, but that's not God's best. There are days for that, but it's not God's best. God's best is that you become more than a conqueror through him who loved you. And that only takes place by a real and true and personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. All over this place and everywhere that's connecting with us on our online campus, I wanna give you this quick invitation and that is this. If you will welcome the master, as we said at the very beginning of this message, every place where God is welcomed, he will come in and fill. Lay down all of your biases, all of your religious quirks and come to Jesus just as you are. If you're here today and say, Pastor, that's me. I need to give my heart. I need to give my life. I wanna be one who fully follows. See here, that's the whole thing. Caleb wholly, fully followed the Lord. Didn't mean he was perfect but it meant he was a God seeker. First and foremost, if you're here today or you're connecting with us online, 
And you say, Pastor, I need, I need some prayer. I'm ready to make that commitment, that jump, but I need some help. I want to pray for you right now. I want you to put your hand up. Wherever you are right now in this room, anywhere around, anywhere, put your hand up. If you say, Jesus, I mean business. I want to know you in a real way. I want to fully follow you. I want to, I'm willing to be different and to stand out from everything the world says and to think more about what you care about more than what everybody else says. Praise God. Those of you with your hands raised, your heart open, in the room or at home, say this with me. Jesus, you know, everybody just pray this out loud with them. Jesus, come into my life. I ask you to help me to be forceful. Help me to be bold. Help me to have dogged and dogged faith. Dogged faith. Help me to live for you. I want to know you in a real way. Come and fill me now. Change me from the inside out. Let the giants in my life be slain. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you believe that God's doing something, would you put your hands together and just give him a praise right now? Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.